Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. How are you today? I am really good. How are you, Ingaloo? I am doing fantastic. Good. I had a great weekend. Yeah. Um, got a lot done. Got to see family. Yay. Bailey was home from college. Um, Uncle John was visiting us for bird hunting. Yeah, it was a good weekend. What, what about you? How was oh, yours? Crazy, crazy. Crazy. At this time of the year, you're trying to get everything pulled together before winter comes and you never know when that's going to happen. So I had to get water trucks home from the motorcycle track. And that was two big trips over <laughs> Brown's Meadow Road. And um, then we had to go get some wayward cows. We had three that still didn't want to come home. So we had to cowboy up and get them in. So all of my crazy hats all together. It was wild. I had to come to work to relax. Uh, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Yeah, so you've been organizing a lot of things. You yes. had to organize your weekend, get those water trucks and cows home. Yep. Um, but you also, this week, have organized a pretty cool podcast for us. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Yes, yeah. so we are going to have a couple guest speakers with us today, and um, I can't wait to get to that. We'll get through all of the you know, business things that we have to do so that we can get to our speakers. Very exciting. Awesome. So our verse of the week, actually, um, I'd like to say it, Julie, and then I would like you to speak a little bit on um, where it came from oh. and why it's so important to us. Absolutely. Yes, so the verse this week is actually Isaiah 43.1. Israel, the Lord who created you, says... Do not be afraid. I will save you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Tell us where it came from and why it's important. Okay. This might... might cryometer. Get cryometer. the cryometer going, <laughs> and I don't think I brought any tissues. But um, to be really honest with you, uh, that verse um, came from Bonnie Upton, and she just recently passed, Aww. and uh, she's a pretty special gal because... Why am I doing this? I do this every time. Because <laughs> it's emotional. I'm cry it's in meaningful. front of America. <laughs> so uh, basically, Bonnie Upton is a pretty special lady in my heart. She goes to my church. She was the, the played the piano there for years. Uh, truly a spiritual mentor to me. Yes. Um, not only did um, I enjoy her at church, but then got to pull her kind of into the Apaga family uh, because she was a special speaker for two years at our Alzheimer's um, workshop that we put on close to uh, the... Uh, Valentine's every year for the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, she had dealt with um, being a caregiver for her husband who had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And um, so to just honor her today, we wanted to have her very favorite verse. And how do I know that that's her favorite, very favorite verse is because while Pastor Craig was talking about her during um, her beautiful um, funeral, they basically, he said, he's probably read this set of verses to her 50 times, if not 100. And it was actually, you know, it was Isaiah 43, 1 through 5. And basically, um, she was like just 
do not be afraid. Mm. And during her uh, funeral, she also had uh, left very, very uh, big instructions for her uh, pastor that he was to also um, give a message of salvation. Um, this woman was just a joy, yes. an absolute joy. And to um, her driver, her license plates were personalized and it said 4K, oh, LK for joy. Look for joy. Aww. And she said that her byword was joy. Yes. And it was, she just wanted to make a difference and be joyful mm-hmm. always for everyone else. Um, and the other thing is, is um, when she spoke at our Alzheimer's workshops, we had actually come up with thing, things to do to make life easier when a spouse has the dreaded disease Alzheimer's. And we're going to put this in the show notes. Yes. And um, it's just really good logical things that's what I loved about Bonnie is she's yeah. so logical and practical and um, just in the moment, yeah. had so much to offer. I, I'm really, I'm excited and glad that we had the opportunity to work with her. And actually one of our guest speakers today has been a part of our workshops, our Alzheimer's workshops as well. Yeah. And so she got to work with Bonnie and um, everything just connects. It always does. So yes. for, for one more time, it is Isaiah 43, one. Israel, the Lord who created you says, do not be afraid. I will save you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Yep. Yep. In honor honor of our Miss Bonnie Upton. Yes. Yes. And And part of the reason um, for that verse is because of the women that we've got talking with us today. We've got really empowered women. Very exciting. Yes. Very, very much so. So if you're out there and you're listening and you have a verse that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can send your verse to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. Again, that is the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. Send a verse, let us know why it's meaningful to you, and we'd love to share it. Um, moving right into our uplifting stories of the week, Julie, I think, um, would you like me to go first or would you like to go first with yours? Well, I'm just going to keep talking. Perfect. You so do it. <laughs> I have um, a, another inspiring woman, um, and she said, Women and families will make the spotlight in the years to come, says Indra Noyi, not technology. In the 1980s, Indra Noyi had always already lived a life different from many of her childhood friends. After moving to the United States from India, she attended Yale Management School, then joined the ranks of PepsiCo in 1994. Um, for her parents, two things made this possible, a fervent belief in education and a push to follow her dreams. So what happened is um, she gets this education. She starts walking into these board meetings of PepsiCo, and she said, I'd walk in and feel like what people were looking at me thinking, she must not belong here. But instead of feeling self-doubt, this pushed her forward. It actually made me work harder and better. She said, I was always overprepared. I quickly established that I was a force to be reckoned with, (laughs) and I deserved a seat at the table. So uh, basically, um, she said that while she was navigating the world of corporate leadership, she was also a mom, and a mom who was incredibly busy at work, but she managed it by saying, I'm a mom first, then I'm a corporate leader. And so um, she said, even if she was in the middle of a meeting and she got a call from the school, she would get up and go. Mm. <laughs> that was her yeah. priority, and, she, and everybody knew that. Yep. And, and so anyway, she just said, um, just... Absolutely own your own identity without shame. Never hide what makes you you. And to the many women who, in our words, are increasingly producing the talent to keep the engines of the economy growing, at the end of the day, don't forget you're a person. Don't forget you're a mother. Don't forget you're a wife. Don't forget you're a daughter. Um, 
So the other part, whenever you engage someone, leaders, coworkers, family members, assume their best attentions are at play. What everybody's, whatever, whenever anyone says or does, she says, advocates, assume positive intent. Mm. This raises your emotional quotient and builds incredible bonds. As a leader, she said, this is what, go, what gets people, not employees, to follow you. So that's so cool. Yep. I love yep. that. Yeah. Good for her. Well, assuming that positive intent actually um, kind of rolls right into what I have. And I, it's so cute. I stumbled across this video. It's um, on newsner.com and we'll have it available on our show notes. But basically it's a video of a mom and, and a son and they, um, it looks like pretty regularly, probably every day, they take a little bicycle ride. And um, every time they're out, they go by the neighbors. And this little boy, he pulls into the neighbors, this big driveway, does some loops in his bike and just, um, you know, has a grand old time. <laughs> so as I'm watching it, um, I, you know, it kind of leads you to believe that the neighbor's not going to be very happy about it. But you get further into the video and actually the neighbor ends up drawing a racetrack oh. so that this little boy has something to do. And if I understand it correctly, he may have even consulted with the, you know, he drew the first pretty basic one, but then, um, you know, as it went on, he consulted with the little boy to help, you know, make it a cooler racetrack. And it sounds like now, not just the little boy, but other people who pass by that driveway will come in and loop through. So oh, I thought that was pretty cute. Oh, that's adorable. I want one of those. I know. Will you do that out I will. here? <laughs> I will. You're Only like, if you promise <laughs> yeah. to bring your bicycle and get and your do buns it. to work. Don't just keep following the pattern. It's like when you see on the sidewalk a hopscotch. Yes, you just got to do it. <laughs> you have to. Yes. You cannot walk by that. That's awesome. I love our good news stories and I Yay. like our new format where we're double checking with each other to make sure we don't have the same one same story. <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. Yeah. Well, I think I'm excited and I want to just get right into it. And um, today we have Carrie Nagel with us. Um, like we said earlier, Carrie has, has been involved and she's been a speaker at our Alzheimer's workshops in the past. And we just have such a tremendous amount of respect for Carrie. Um, she is the owner of Attend LLC. And I think I'm just going to actually turn it over, Carrie, and let you introduce yourself and tell us tell us a little about you and attend. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah, I've circled a couple of notes from your speeches already <laughs> this morning. The first one I circled was the word safety, coming from the verse, do not be afraid. Yes. And the second is best intentions. If, if we deal with people and they're not feeling safe and they don't feel like our intentions are true, doesn't go well. Yeah. It does okay, but it does a lot better if people feel safe. Oh, yes. Physically, Absolutely. but emotionally. Emotional safety is everything. Mm -hmm. um, I started uh, being a caregiver in 2014. I got my CNA. And by 2016, I was already thinking I wanted to specialize. And I wavered between end-of-life care and dementia care. And my first client had dementia, and I was fascinated by what she called the floating away, away of herself. Oh, wow. But there was still so much there that it was always this balance of what's floating away, but what is this? Yeah. And I started realizing pretty early on, she was a big teacher for me, and I started realizing that it's a distillation process. So as a caregiver, how can I allow, how can I facilitate what no longer serves her, 
to slough off mm-hmm. or to be buffed off mm-hmm. in a way so that we're always distilling down to the core of something and the core of the person and what they're still able to do, what they enjoy, and where the fullness of their life is. Mm-hmm. So oh. that kind of informs everything else that I do. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising to me that um, that 2014 and then 2016, is that what you said when you um, really started to go into this path? Because you're, you're so knowledgeable, and I feel like you bring so much to the table in this area. Um, I just, I consider you an expert, so... It's, it's neat to me to hear that it hasn't been, this hasn't been your entire life. No. I was a restaurateur for yeah. a very long time. It, you know, actually, the cool thing about dementia care is I feel like it connects all the dots of my life. Yes. <laughs> my education, I was an English major. Oh. So my interest in language, if that's flip-flopped to an interest in the devolving of language. Yeah. You yeah. know, I spend a lot of time trying to trying to understand as our ability of language goes away, how do we find other ways of communicating and what's right under that layer of language? Mm-hmm. We all have the ability to read each other's energy, yeah, but we don't really use it that much because we have the ability of language. Right. And that's just easier. So if we go, if we start to lose that layer of language what's left and people with with dementia actually get really good at reading a room Mm -hmm. and reading each other's language and reading each other's energy and that comes right back to safety yep right it comes right back to that heart-to-heart communication Mm -hmm. Uh, so much of dementia care feels like it starts at the neurologist department and what kind of treatments do we do what kind of drugs do we do and Really, there's just not much going on in that once, once you can eliminate, okay, it's not a brain tumor, it's not um, you know, bleeding on the brain, or once we get an actual diagnosis of dementia, the medicinal part of everything just kind of doesn't make as much difference as right. who's <clears throat> literally in the room with the person with dementia mm-hmm. and how are they going mano a mano to somebody Mm -hmm. or heart to heart with somebody that's that's the treatment absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely um the clinical side of things i mean we we learn from that but it is that practical Mm -hmm. application and what do you do in the moment and how do you keep people safe and that's that's just amazing to me so you you do a lot with education Mm -hmm. and you are currently doing a course with um, FVCC. Do you want to tell us about that? I am. They are so supportive. Um, Starting actually with my very first client out of the one who told me she felt like she was always floating away, I started going home and taking notes about what I had learned and what I'd listened to and what kind of conversations we were having, and I started filling notebooks. And within a few years, like, wow, what am I doing here? What, what is with all of the notebooks? How do I cross-reference <laughs> stuff? How do I organize it, right? It's still, I just have piles of notebooks. Oh. But then I started going to um, support groups mm-hmm. to listen to what are the primary caregivers dealing with. And support groups are set up so that you can go around the room and you're just kind of talking about what you have been dealing with in the last month. And it's an unburdening. Mm -hmm. 
right? So my thought is always, but what's the, what's the next step, mm-hmm. right? If somebody is having trouble with this or that issue, what can I bring to the table to help them with that? What kind of skill do they need? What kind of tool do they need? What kind of understanding or concept can we discuss? That's not, that wasn't really being done. So I went home and made notes about that. <laughs> and my notes actually ended up being a workshop. And it took me over a year to write. And it's called Dementia Care in the Home. It's written for families of caregivers or families of people with dementia and professional caregivers who work in a home environment. Mm-hmm. And because it's quite different from how they're cared for in facilities. Very true. And really different skill sets and to work with families who have maybe never cared for anybody before. There's a lot of a lot that has to happen on a big scale and on really small scales. Mm-hmm. So I started my workshop um, in uh, Whitefish at the, at the high school as part of the continuing education program there. And then I uh, pitched it to FVCC. And man, have they been supportive. So I've been that, doing that for a few years. My last one of the year starts November 3rd. Um, I'll give FVCC's phone number because you can sign up right on the phone. It's five, uh, 756-3832. With and the area code 406. Yes, I just <laughs> heard that we need to do that for everything now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a six-week course, two hours each week on a Wednesday night. And we go through the subjects. We, of course, start out with brain lobes and functions and diagnoses. We also talk just about memory. Mm-hmm. And not only memory issues, but misremembering, because they're, they're different. Uh, we talk about communication different ways of communicating, and that devolving of language. Uh, we talk about health, not only for the person with dementia, but also for the caregiver, health and balance. And we talk about behaviors. We talk about loss, which each time I rewrite the, the workshop, the loss section gets bigger. Mm-hmm. It's incremental loss. It's ambiguous loss. Mm-hmm. Somebody is here and not here at the same time, and people st- starve for conversation on that. Right, yes. Um, And we also talk about care plans and how to put a care plan together. Who's in, who's out? What can people outside in other states do to help? Mm -hmm. Um, How a family might work together. Yeah. And different stages. Who can do what at different stages of dementia? Yeah. So, yeah, that's, FECC is... That's fantastic. Yep. I'm so Super. proud of you for doing that. And it, it's so valuable for people. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what you don't know, right? Yep. But So that's one arm mm-hmm. of, of Attend LLC. And then you yep. also have the Dementia Care Navigation. Yeah. Talk to us about that. I took a, an online class a few years ago out of the University College in London. Mm-hmm. And it was set up a little bit like Facebook in that once we did the lesson, we could comment on it, and then others would like or comment on our comment, wow. and you can go back and forth. And one, one woman whose comments always interested me, I clicked on her page, mm-hmm. and she was a dementia navigator. And I was like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> so I wrote her a personal note and said, what do you do? And she explained that in the UK's uh, health system, They have what they call memory teams, and that consists of a doctor, a neurologist, and a dementia navigator. And they're set up by shires, which I don't really know if that's a neighborhood or 
a village sure. or um but they work in sections of town and i know that we've had a discussion in the past about clustering mm-hmm. care mm-hmm. i love that whole idea mm-hmm. but the within this uh shire and their memory memory teams the dimension navigator is the one who goes into the home and is that bridge between the families and the medical community mm-hmm. so they might act as a patient advocate to to go to the doctor's office with them, but they're also in the home. They're teaching skills to the family. They're discussing in an age-appropriate manner what's happening with grandma mm-hmm. to the kids mm-hmm. and bringing them in and their young energy to, mm-hmm. to the forefront. Uh, they're going through, what does the bathroom look like? How might we start to help with showers? Wow. You know, so yeah. it's, and everything that she told me about, it's like, oh, okay, this is cool. So I started looking up, Googling mm-hmm. dimension navigation. Every article came from the UK. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I just thought, okay, nobody's doing that here. I want to do this. It's mm-hmm. fascinating work. It's needed work. And it fills a giant hole that's out there because when people go in and get um, a diagnosis from the neurologist, Yes, you have dementia of the Alzheimer's type. Here are a couple of prescriptions. Come back in four months. What do they do in those four months? Yeah, right. Person with the diagnosis is like, am I giving up? What do I do? And to be able to have a dementia navigator come in at that time and say, okay, you're in early stages. This is work we can do while you're still really intact and can understand what's going on. Let's talk about end of life. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this the stuff that is not medical. Right. You know, and what can the families get into? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because that kind of loops a little bit in with the hospice one that we talked about. Because, yep. again, with, with these dementias, um, there is huge loss. Mm-hmm. And someone is with you but not with you. Yep. So that bucket list thing is really important. In those first stages, um, I had a client who used to teach French, and she and I actually signed up for a conversational French class at FVCC. And she was very nervous, and so was I. So, like, I don't know if this is going to work or not. <laughs> and I said, look, like everything else, if it works, great. If it doesn't, we don't go back. But if French sounds good in your ears mm-hmm. and feels good on your tongue when you're speaking – we got to go for this. Yes. And sure enough, we got to the class and I had called the teacher ahead of time and said, I'm a dimension navigator and bringing one of my clients in. Mm -hmm. So we have no idea how this is going to work. I just want you to know what we're doing. We sat in the front row. She understood everything that was going on. I was the only one in class who had never had French. Wow. (laughs) So I'm like, everything's going over my head, right? But she was so engaged. She was mm. smiling. Ugh. She was laughing. She was having a great time. And at the end of the class, the teacher comes up to me, and she leans in, and she goes, you did a really good job. <laughs> and my client's sitting next to me, and she just starts laughing. She totally knew what was going on. And she laughs, and she goes, I'm the one with Alzheimer's. <laughs> oh, my God. 
And we, we went the whole six weeks. Oh, my goodness. And she wasn't able to, you know, she didn't remember to do her homework. Right. She didn't remember from one week to the next that she'd been in a class. Oh. Every week I went to pick her up, and she we, we'd be driving down to Kalispell, and she'd go, now where are we going again? <laughs> But as soon as we walked into class, like, she'd look at the at the teacher and go, bonjour, <laughs> you know, and she just slid right into oh, it. Isn't that but something? it was this whole idea of, look, you have a file somewhere in your brain that mm-hmm. says French on it. Yep. We need to see if you can find the file. Can you pull it out? Can you open it up and use it? Yep. And if you can, we're going to keep going. Oh if you goodness. can't find it, then stress will develop, and so we don't go back. Right. And when we were driving home after the first class, she goes, people need to know about this. We need to write about this. Oh, like She was, she understood what was yeah. going on. But yeah. by the time we got home, she wasn't able to tell her family what had happened. Right. You know, it's that whole, it's, it's totally living in the moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you were bringing joy. So much Absolutely. joy. And, oh. she, and, and a lot of hope. Yeah. Because, oh, yes. like I said, those first four months, people go home and they go, oh, so am I dying? Yeah. yeah. You know, like, am, is my life over? And so you're always looking for, like, that distillation. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So basically, um, the third arm is that patient advocacy. Mm-hmm. And, and clearly all of these things work together. For the most part, yep. But go ahead and just elaborate on that for us. You know, for some for some clients, they might not have somebody who can go to every doctor's appointment with them. Mm-hmm. Um, some people don't have anyone. Yeah. And other people have someone who is willing to do the driving and go to the to the appointment, but they're not good at taking notes. Mm-hmm. So. To have the same person go each time, mm-hmm. and that same person looks for patterns. Mm-hmm. That same person takes notes. Because when you go into a doctor's office, they'll say, so, how have you been? <laughs> and someone with dementia is thinking, like, right now. And right. they go, I'm, I'm great. <laughs> but they don't, the doctor wants to know what, how they've been for the last four months. Right. They're not able to bring any of that up. Yeah, it's yeah. the patient advocate that needs to say, this is what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, we're doing really well with this. We're, we're working on a better diet or we've, we've started working on, um, I've got one, one client in early stages that we have starting talk therapy, mm-hmm. which I don't know anyone who's ever done that before. She's got stuff going way back to childhood. Why drag that? Because it's baggage that you're dragging into the rest of the disease, mm-hmm. and later down the road, you've got angst, and you have no idea why. You can't let go of it because you can't discuss it. Right. So I don't know if it's going to do much good or not, but it seems to me that it should. Right. She's willing to try. Yep. Let's go. Oh, wow. Uh, well, I just love it. your philosophy and, you know, and your approach. Let's try it. Let's mm-hmm. try it. If it helps, that's great. In my book, anything that relieves stress mm-hmm. is what we need to because that's sloughing off oh. of the stuff that no longer serves. Mm-hmm. And we're distilling down to what feels right, what gives our lives, lives richness, mm-hmm. and always queuing into that. Oh, my goodness. The whole component um, <clears throat> excuse me, of community education is, 
wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need more and more and more of that. But the problem is, just like in home (laughs) care, people don't want to talk to us until they have to, right? Mm -hmm. And we're always talking about the PPP, prior proper planning. Nobody wants to talk to you about dementia until they're right in the middle of it all. And a lot of people, unfortunately, wait till there's a crisis. I uh, sat with a family just this past week, and uh, the the dad's mental capabilities were are still in question and I loved what you said earlier because I just kind of sat there and watched his interaction watched his body language because I was trying to determine where he was in his mental and trying to then turn and talk to the kids and say you know it's not fair for us to ask dad to join us in the here and now yep he's we've got to join him so where is he at? And they could not comprehend yeah. that. And they still don't comprehend that. And so part of our care for this gentleman is gently helping the family understand the disease. There's a lot of seed planting that has to go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I'm actually finding that I've been doing a lot of thinking about taking my workshop and splitting it up mm-hmm. into a six-part lecture series and advertising it that way so people can go to the lectures that they can identify with. Oh, that's- the workshop is very much set up to promote proactive thinking, mm-hmm. but the only people who come to the workshop are already <laughs> proactively thinking. Well, and that, and then they're stressing out on how to get to your workshop because mm-hmm. who's going to sit and be with my spouse or right. my, my dad? So they've got all this other stuff going on yeah. that when we thankfully get them to someone like your class, mm-hmm. they're, they're, still, they're, they're not all engaged because yeah. they've got all these other worries that are sitting on their shoulder. Yeah. So... It's a big, you've taken on a big, big pie. But you're right. I mean, people, people come to me when they're in crisis. Yeah. And, but at least we start a conversation. Yeah. And once I can get into the home, meet the person with dementia, and really start to understand where they're at, then I know, then I know where to start with the family. Right. I mean, I jump in wherever the family is yep. and wherever the person with dementia is. And sometimes the person with dementia is, is, more aware than their family. Mm-hmm. They're very aware. Because oh, yes. <laughs> a lot of that. times I start out with the question, what do you think's going on? Mm-hmm. And because I'm not part of their family and because I don't have history with them, they usually answer me pretty uh, pretty honestly. Mm-hmm. They think I'm, I'm not going to see her again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer I'm gonna her. I'm going to say all of the things. I'll tell you what's going on. You know, And they'll say, I mean, I'm wacky. Or I have gaps, or I feel like I'm floating away. Oh, wow. That one just hits. Yeah, it's the, it's the way they describe it that's very interesting to me. I had I had somebody say one time, it's as though my thoughts are seeping out and disintegrating. He was a geologist. Gosh. Yeah, I mean, just the some wow. some stuff that comes out of people's mouths is incredibly poetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that gives me my jumping off point. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know, I know right where to start. Yep. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Wow. So if someone wanted to um, reach out to you mm-hmm. or to attend, how would they contact you? I would say first go on my website. Okay. It's www.attendllc.net. Perfect. And that gives you my whole scope of practice and how I work. Mm-hmm. So I work very holistically. 
They can send me an email at attendllc at gmail.com, or they can just jump right into my class at FVCC. Oh, doesn't right. matter where we start sure. or right. how we yeah, start. Yeah, just, just start. Yep. Yeah, and we will have all of this information in our show notes. Awesome. Yeah, so people can click on that and get the information. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Thank you so much for being with us today. And you came prepared. And so we'd like to close this discussion with the verse that you wanted to share. Yeah, my verse is from, it, I think I've brought this one before because it's one of my favorites. It's from Ram Das. Mm-hmm. We're all just walking each other home. I love that. Yeah, it's a good one. Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, we can just, we are so blessed by you. Thank you. And yes. really, this community is. We've just got to get the word out to people that they've just got to get the proper people in there to, to help them. We're here to yeah. help. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing is that I can work remotely too. Yeah. You know, I've got clients in Alaska and Texas. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like you would be able to help from a distance. So that's It helps good. me if I can meet the person with dementia. Sure. But if I can't, uh, the, the problems uh, that the family are facing is it's 90% of it. Yep. So if wow. I can work with them, that's great. Yeah. Oh, and I half of the half of the battle is just getting someone like you in there to to start the baby steps for yeah. them to understand that there's so much they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Oh, we really appreciate you. Thank you. Again, mm-hmm. Carrie Nagel with Attend LLC. Thank you Yay. so much. <laughs> Well, we are just going to dive right in with our next guest, and this is Jennifer Crowley um, with Eagle View West. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh, another empowered woman. Oh, my gosh. We are so lucky to have you here. Thank you. To be honest, I kind of fangirl over you a little bit because you're kind (laughs) of a big deal. (laughs) You guys, we go way back. I just can't. This is fun. Yeah. This is really fun to be sitting at the same table on this podcast with you so oh and and um, just working as as a team mm-hmm. it's it's just really great mm-hmm. when you have such a power pack team that can offer to help people in the community takes a team yes it really it's, it's that really whole does. village thing so yeah. tell us tell us about um life care management so life care management is a very exciting and growing field of practice. It's uh, basically practice-based strategies or a model for uh, healthcare professionals mostly. Mm-hmm. So I'm a registered nurse, uh, been so for about 27 years now. Um, most of my experiences are in acute care setting, which is more the hospital setting. Mm-hmm. That's where Critical I first care. met you. Yep, that's right. We go back <laughs> to the local hospital where we both worked a number of years. Oh, and my <laughs> word. It's here. probably been 20 years. Yeah. And we're healthcare entrepreneurs, right? I call myself a nursepreneur. Yeah. Um, But going back to uh, life care management in general, just so I don't skip over that question, it is a most frequently asked question I get is, (laughs) what is life care management? And, you know, what's the difference between it and case management or, you know, that? And um, the field is uh, practices is comprised mostly of uh, experienced healthcare professionals, such as licensed social workers, allied health professionals, rehab professionals, nurses, mm-hmm. um, who are basically helping individuals, families, and stakeholders kind of navigate um, typically a complex situation, but it could be fairly simple as far as like a, just a progressive health condition that's causing some changes and in, in, uh, impacting the individual's livelihood mm-hmm. or um Uh, necessitating uh, a really closer look and a more strategic plan to be put in place for um, better outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just trying to help people reduce 
hospitalizations, uh, secondary conditions from developing, help them come to a new normal within the context of what a, whether they've had a functional loss with you know their body's ability to do something, mm-hmm. or uh, the emotional toll it takes of, of maybe having a new diagnosis or having a loved one with a condition uh, that's drawing on all the supports you know necessary, uh, which is stressing typically the family structure Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, so anyway, the, the life care management field is typically, you know, comprised of those individuals that are boots on the ground in the community mm-hmm. that are providing a very highly individualized and high level of concierge style kind of uh, care management. Mm-hmm. So so give us some scenarios of where mm-hmm. life care management services would be engaged. Okay. And, it, and you know, and, and so I'm drawing on many, many stories that I've had, sure. uh, right? And, uh, you know, I heard your podcast uh, with uh, Carrie Nagel, <laughs> um, so who is a dementia practitioner in the community, and she's providing that kind of personal care level of assistance mm-hmm. and care navigation, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, typically, um, someone like that hasn't gotten involved in someone's life, and the family's left to um, kind of struggling to know or to feel confident and to know what what they're up against or, or, or what, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to begin this, the feel the strain. Um, maybe their own health is declining a little bit because of the stress. Um, they're starting to feel the pinch on the pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the budget's being applied more and more to the care needs and things like that. And so um, as a professional care manager, a family would likely call us to reach out when uh, they're either living at a distance or they're just overwhelmed with not knowing where to go. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the context of dementia, uh, we get a call typically. It's, it's un, you know, not typically from the person with dementia. It's, it's their loved one that's very concerned mm-hmm. and uh, will be asked to come in and we can go do a, a comprehensive assessment in the, in the home, help them really have a good understanding of where that person is in the context of their current needs mm-hmm. and then be looking more uh, objectively and strategically ahead at, at what's going to be coming down the pipeline um, also, we work at stabilizing the situation, right? Mm-hmm. We may find, you know, really, you do have some needs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how about how about we think about hiring maybe some help? I, I see that your your village or your family structure is a little bit extended. Everybody's geographically at, living at a distance. <laughs> you know, we help them understand what options exist in the community. I know that that's mm-hmm. where you guys come in. I've, sure. I've already, yeah. you know, <laughs> we've worked together. Um, we coordinate care. Yep. Uh, so we collaborate with other agencies or caregivers who are able to go in the home and meet those needs. Um, and then we have provide ongoing care management wherever necessary. It really mm-hmm. is a highly individualized plan, uh, depending on what the specific needs are, sure. you know, for that individual and the family. Uh, there Sometimes there's stakeholders such as attorneys or insurers that will hire a professional care manager to go in and help answer some questions because they are seeing the high uh, cost of services or the high utilization, let's just say that, of mm-hmm. uh, maybe there's been some frequent hospitalizations or a lot of visits. There's a little bit of uh, fragmentation of healthcare going on, which is kind of <laughs> usual, like where <laughs> multiple doctors or yeah. providers involved and no one's really talking to each other and, and the family's left with very little information on how to self-manage right. what's happening. Um, so we can also help respond to the individualized needs, but report that back to any stakeholder that's kind of needing to help provide a mutual benefit to their clients. Right. And you're mapping out a plan for the long haul. Typically. And, you know, I would say um, maybe not all life care managers will necessarily be 
um, experience or adept at, at, at doing a lot of extensive long-term care planning. Mm-hmm. I just happened to be a certified life care planner as well. And so I, that was my first certification I, I got after mm-hmm. I left the hospital setting. And uh, that, that discipline is typically, you know, structured more in the forensic or legal setting, but uh, mm-hmm. life care planners do work in the capacity of helping the private client to really have a very, um, again, that highly individualized life care plan or roadmap for aging. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what are the crucial conversations that we need to have? You know, uh, um, it, it's hard to see people, families, individuals go through that. And the providers, too, are, are a little bit stressed by having to have these crucial conversations when it's under duress or, like, under stress, mm-hmm. like something happened that was sentinel uh it could be anything that was completely unexpected like a car accident or it could be a health condition that maybe is progressive in nature and the person you know was diagnosed years ago mm-hmm. with it but really uh, maybe there was some mismanagement or not mismanagement or, or or just like it just life goes on you yes, know and yes. and then some now something's being aggravated or there's been an exacerbation of that condition and so it's suddenly uh, caused a shift yeah. Right. Yep. And the person's, uh, oh, it, that happens a lot more yeah. than people even realize, boy, I, I had a car accident and I bonked my head or I mm-hmm. did this. And, and now five, 10 years later, it's, it's coming back mm-hmm. and that really can get you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Good. I know it's the hard. situations that we've been able to work with you. It's so nice to have like a point person that is helping to coordinate all of those things because it can be overwhelming and not just from the family side of it, but even from the agency side of it, when there are so many players involved in certain situations. So family we have dynamics. Always, yes, <laughs> we have always really appreciated the work that you do and being able to work with you yeah. on a professional level has just been, it's, it's been a joy for us. Yeah. Great. Yeah. And we off, you know, I think again, we come alongside everyone and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and sometimes it takes a, a the team and oftentimes let's say it takes a team. Right. Mm-hmm. And I rely us, you know, as professional care managers, we don't have a team of personal care attendants. So we, we rely on the experts in the field that provide that in-home support, mm-hmm. um, such as what you guys have. And so we would provide the professional oversight of the caregiver or, or just be able to then focus on the other needs mm-hmm. because of what you just said. Right. Humans are really <laughs> complex. So like, it's complicated. I always, <laughs> I use the analogy always of a pomegranate. Like if you ever try to open a pomegranate <laughs> up, it's like, how do you not get your clothes all stained right. with like red pomegranate juice? And and then you open it up and you're like, whoa, what's going on in here? You know, and then each little nut is like encased in a like gelatinous kind of. And so I, I use that analogy a lot when I'm speaking just because humans are complex and, and we have to really take the time to learn about who it is that we're serving. Who are you? And, and because we can't just apply the same, we can apply the same principles of standards of practice, but we can't just go and apply whatever, you know, the same um same care plan to each person because each individual is unique and their family structure really kind of makes or break it and the ability to afford care as well, Mm -hmm. right? We've seen how finances really plays a huge part. That's the unfortunate side of what we do is we sometimes have to uh, navigate our our clients through uh, those difficult topics. So get really creative. Yeah, creative is and I think the common theme of the day is that every situation is so different. There, is. There is no cookie cutter in home care mm-hmm. or life care management mm-hmm. or 
dementia. I mean, everybody is individual. So it's kind of cool to know that there are people like you and Carrie out there who take the time to really investigate the person as an individual and all of the factors that go into their situation to come up with the best plan for them. Yeah, we love what we do. And, you know, and it's, uh, that's when I started my practice, it was just a vision I had, but I, I first and foremost, always wanted to be a nurse from the time I was a little girl. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of embedded in who I am and annoys people in some ways, because they're like, stop trying to take care of me, you know, (laughs) but, um, you know, and, and, and now the business application of it is, is really just being an objective and and a, a, a strong but also at the same time, a strong supporter and advocate of, of whatever the client's needs are. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, when you think about it holistically, it's it's pretty amazing, the teamwork approach mm-hmm. and the collaboration. But um, we're all part of a, a, a greater need of the healthcare industry overall and the, the trillion-dollar industry that the elder care is, you know, or the, um, that it is, is, is just like we're helping come up with solutions that are going to help drive down costs, hopefully, mm-hmm. or um, right. seeing, you know, my, my worst day is when I see a client's um, options go from many to, to nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, how, we can't fix everything. We're right. not perfect at what we can do because we're humans as well. But, you know, how can we get them in a better place and help avoid, you know, that worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. And, and we really want to try to promote people to engage early on in the process of planning and preparing and identifying the resources in the community such as you guys, you know, Epica, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and to be no knowledgeable about that, mm-hmm. uh, make informed decisions ahead of time, ahead of a crisis. Yeah. Yes. And besides all of that, you were very, very involved with the Alzheimer's Association. Yep. And mm-hmm. actually, Inga and I were your students. <laughs> and, and we became um, certified dementia practitioners through your program, too. Yep. So Thank you've you. got your fingers in a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I guess uh, where your heart your heart is, is, you know, your passion. Um, it just, I don't know, it just kind of opened up doors mm-hmm. for me that has helped me grow personally and professionally. And I've met the most amazing people and, and it's, uh, it's devastating dementia. Um, any type of, you know, Alzheimer's is just the most common type of dementia, dementia being more of an umbrella term of a disorder. Uh, you can have many different types of dementia, but, um, so the Alzheimer's association has been a powerful partner alongside me. And, you know, we helped build the state plan for Montana, uh, for Alzheimer's related dementia. We continue to operate, you know, trying to engage with that plan and, and see change take place to impact those or to make positive change for those impacted by dementia, which, you know, it's not just one individual. It's mm-hmm. like their whole family, and oh, it, yeah. it, it's, it, it embeds um, the burden, you know, of that disease kind of, um, it hits every aspect of, of life, which is everything from, you know, your personal values to your um, your house, your age and place plan, your finances, you know, mm-hmm. um, your joy, Um <laughs> So it is, it is very, very far reaching, but, um, sure. yeah, I like to do the training. Yeah. Um, so the state, you know, the, um, Montana geriatric education center is a really powerful partner as well. They, uh, educated a, a dozen of us. They took a dozen of us to train us as certified trainers. Mm, so cool. Um, yeah, through the national council of certified dementia practitioners. Mm-hmm. And so we've been working for the last four years, uh, disseminating that information in our area and you guys, thanks for mm-hmm. attending my class, but I have put on a number of seminars, 
um, you know, in the past year and the, this last year has been a little different with everything going on with the pandemic. Right. Well, it's been able to do two virtual classrooms, which is a little difficult to teach a seven hour course, just <laughs> completely virtual. Um, <laughs> so I haven't scheduled any more, uh, but I know the need is there. We'll be looking for some more classes to take place, hopefully in the early, uh, first or second quarter of 2022. Um, you know, if hopefully we can get some grant funding for that mm-hmm. and then, um, just, you know, again, it's, are we a dementia capable community? And just knowing that you guys have taken the time to, uh, commit to that, um, set aside a budget, a time for yourselves to be educated mm-hmm. says a lot, you know, and, and it, it trickles down, it trickle, right. it's a trickle effect of like, how, how can your team go into the homes of these individuals we serve, especially those with dementia and, and actually offer the most value. And it saves you time because they, they know, might know how to communicate a little better. It's a, it's a special kind of skill mm-hmm. to, to care for someone with dementia. It really and, is. And, you know. Well, and um, through our EPAGA accredited caregiver program, uh, we are maintaining that they have to have eight hours of continuing education as a personal care attendant. And so much of my focus is on mental health and um, Alzheimer's dementia because we're seeing so much of that. And, uh, but we still talk about slips, trips, and falls and all of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those mm-hmm. things that uh, no cookie cutter, it's every single topic, but so much of it, we have to work on just the, mm-hmm. the brain itself, mm-hmm. because that's where the majority of all of our things are falling. Mm-hmm. All of our clients are kind mm-hmm. of just falling into that bucket. And so we can't do a good job if we don't understand the diseases out there. So our caregivers, um, vicariously get, um, trained because of our passions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, it shows. So <laughs> yeah. Well, good. So you are an educator like through and through mm-hmm. and, um, you actually have written some books. Can you tell us about that? Uh, yeah. I would love to tell you about that. <laughs> uh, it goes. So, uh, I told you a little bit about the life care planning that I first started out with and I'm a certified care manager now too. I just happened to, it's just areas of, of my practice that I've had wanted to gain new education and, and, and be able to, um, kind of have a, a solid foundation to build upon. And so, um, the life care planning itself was, uh, I came out of that certification going, I'm going to plan for healthy adults so so they can have their retired life all golden and great, like, like I hear it is. <laughs> anyway, it was something like that, right? <laughs> well, actually what it was was like, no one's really talking about aging and they're not talking about planning for aging, <laughs> right? And so it's really hard, like as a professional, how am I going to make a living doing this? You know, I was actually at the same time, it started my business as a ICU nurse working full-time 12-hour shifts and then trying to focus on my business and growing it and scaling it up and anyway one of my big ideas was like well if they're not going to hire me to come in as a consultant and uh, help them go through this process then uh, maybe they'll buy my book (laughs) (laughs) perfect so right it it, it actually it worked I guess you know and it's I, I actually still uh, it's, it's been some amazing opportunities by writing that book. It's actually a very simple guidebook. It's a seven step process mm-hmm. for navigating the crucial conversations we talked about. Yep. And so again, who's walking through these very important conversations? How many times have we seen an audience? Like if you ask who's had your power of attorney documents done and ha- have you even focused on, you know, what your, what it would look like if something happened to you today, like, um, and you required help, you know, and I think, you know, um, Many of us have 
been fortunate to not have an experience, you know, where they've been firsthand experiencing the need for help. But I know personally, I've, you know, I've needed help when unexpected illness and, and a recovery that required some significant time and some assistance from my support crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so going back, I'm digressing a little bit, but you get it. Um, we want to do these conversations or do these conversations. We want to navigate <laughs> these topics. We, we want to make informed decisions with the best information that we can get, right? And can we do that in under the context of a stressful, sudden shift? Mm-hmm. And so I created the handbook basically to help individuals and families kind of navigate through the topics to help them design their own rap, roadmap for aging. Mm-hmm. It can be applied to the healthy individual just wanting to look ahead, you know, at like, what, where are they going to grow old? Who would help me if I need it? Mm-hmm. What are my resources look like in my community? Maybe I want to re- move to this location uh, when I retire. Um, is that what's going to matter um, mm-hmm. as I grow old in that community? What what things should I look for? And it helps kind of uh, guide the individual through this really more deeper process of very personal values, a lot of, you know, just your culture and who you are and what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to have the time to embed that into our plan and um, and do it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So, and the financial part is always there, of course, too. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's the seven steps to long-term care planning. And it can be called, um, found at sevenstepplanning.com, uh, but on Amazon as well. And then uh, the other book is more focused towards, uh, it's part of the Educational Institute that I'm co-founder of, the Life Care Management Institute. That's actually to help others uh, grow and start their own practice. And so that's uh, using our care management model to teach other healthcare professionals to, um, to kind of uh, tap into this growing industry, um, provide a valuable resource in their community, and be able to make a living if their career wants to transcend uh, maybe the acute care setting. They're ready to go into their, either a, a different career path or build upon what they want. <laughs> you know, it's like building upon your expertise and capitalizing on it, right? right? But also you're at the same time, you're not giving up really what you want to do. And let's face a lot of people who choose the healthcare profession, they want to help others. I think you know, there, there has to be part of that. I mean, you, you don't want to just, just go, You, I mean... Don't get me wrong. There's probably a lot of nurses today working at the bedside after those last few years Oof, that yeah. are like, get me out of healthcare. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, it's mm-hmm. kind of the core a lot of times of who they are. Yes. And so anyway, we're teaching. But there's, uh, there is a great resource because I, I told you the frequently asked question is, what is life care management? We have a great resource on that website that could be for anyone. You don't have to be a healthcare professional. You could be just an an interested party where you could find a free article that is what is the life care management role and it's at lcmexpert.com so that's www.lcmexpert.com and you'll find there's a free download on there you will have to put your email address in but sure might be helpful if anyone's you know wondering about it and we'll make sure to put all of these on Mm -hmm. our show notes so that people who are listening if they aren't able to write it down the second they can go in and holy access the information they have got to go to the show notes because there (laughs) is so much information yes oh so many websites so many printed materials i'm I'm so excited (laughs) i am so excited to actually get into my own show notes I love the fact that you have show notes. Oh, yes. We, we didn't, 17 episodes ago, we had no idea what a show note was, but here we are. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, whatever I could do to help. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's great. Well, we thank you so much for being here. And um, you also had brought a verse with you. Oh, yeah, let me pull that up. Again, everybody, this is Jennifer Crowley. And um, we've been able and lucky to work with her, you know, for many, many years now. And 
uh, really get to lean into your knowledge and expertise. And we appreciate you being here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. You guys, it was fun. Big Jennifer fan. You mean our party's over? <laughs> I know. We could talk for days. I just know we could. We could. Yeah, I feel kind of restrained, actually. And you're yeah. probably like, after you, I say this verse, you'll be like, she had to pull that up to remember it. Well, I, <laughs> this is how my brain works. I have a lot in it, right? Yeah. And it's like kind of always moving. So I have to sometimes just be still and, yes. and pull something up. But yep. I didn't want to be rushed and forget. It's just really three lines. But it's be joyful and hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, Romans 12, 12. So I am definitely a good one to definitely try to teach our uh, individuals and families that we serve that there is hope Mm -hmm. and uh, try to get them on the right track. So I know, again, thanks for being a such a powerful player in our community and and being a valuable resource that I know I can refer to and I'm feel confident you know, so thank you so much. That's really great. I use that verse makes me think of um, one of the nurses that works with us. And she was in a pretty catastrophic situation with a family member. And I said, is there hope? And she said, there's always hope. Always hope. Yeah. You have to remember that you have to, if you don't have hope, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a hard day. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you just have to, to just get your village together, (laughs) take it a day at a time. If a day is too much, just break that down. But let's get you the help. We've got resources. We know people. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get together and let's talk about this. Yes, mm-hmm. and and the resources um, they're not just here in Kalispell, Montana, right? Mm-hmm. You can reach out and re- and connect with us and get connected with Jennifer, or Carrie, or and yeah. So awesome! Check out the show notes. We're excited for what's there. And Julie, you want to wrap it up with our grandma saying? Yeah, we had a. a- Sharon actually said that her grandmother advised her to never leave the house without making sure she had clean underwear on. (laughs) That's that's really great advice. You know, I knew it was going to be a pretty intense um, discussion with these two beautiful ladies today, and I had to bring it back around. (laughs) Always with the nine-year-old boy humor here. So it's really what keeps us going. Let's yeah. not make it complicated, days. isn't that? Isn't that what we're trying Bring to do? Bring it back down to the basics. As, you know, your socks. Start and with your, the underwear. Your undies. You know. So, you know so. what? If that's all you do today is put on clean underwear, then call yeah. it good. Sometimes yep, that's a, that's a that's successful a day for people, right? Yeah. Awesome. Couldn't resist. <laughs> well, thank you guys um, to our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and. Please be sure to subscribe. You can do that on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, Leave us a review. We love the positive ones. Share us with a friend. You can join our Apaga Care and Share Facebook group and um, share in the discussion with us. And And we're on TikTok. Yep, we are on TikTok and we're on Instagram as well. We are everywhere. Some of our best stuff is on TikTok. (laughs) Not really. (laughs) It's fun though. It's, It's fun. So if you need a laugh, go Can't look at wait. us on TikTok. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer, so much for your yeah, time today. You. We know how busy you are. Yes. Yeah. All right. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Yep. Thanks, Have guys. a wonderful day. The caregiven name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates.